This is the Voice of Business, a podcast from the Worcester Regional Chamber of Commerce, sponsored by Worcester Regional Airport, in partnership with the Telegram and Gazette. From the Worcester Regional Chamber of Commerce, this is Voice of Business. I'm Emily Gowdy-Bacchus, and this week we're going to start with someone who's a very good friend of mine, and I would call him the oh, Willy Wonka of appliances here in Worcester. He's got everything down at Percy's. Alan Levine, welcome to the Voice of Business. Thank you so much for being here. It is my honor to be here with you. All right, let's talk a little history first before we get into what's going on down at Percy's. 93 years in business so far. Can you tell me a little bit about the growth of the store? I know you haven't been there the whole time, but it's a family endeavor, right? Well, well thanks for that compliment. No, I haven't <laughs> been there that long. But we started on Main Street, right next to, uh, I think it's Armsbury Abbey. Oh, yeah. If you look between there and the new, um, what's it called, Crust? Mm-hmm. If you look at that hole there, that parking lot, mm-hmm. that was the old Percy's. Oh, wow. That's where we started back in 1920-something. Mm-hmm. And um, I started there myself back in the early 70s. Uh, Lifting and running around, I swept the basement so much that it went down an inch. That's how that's how I started. So I started from sweeping, then deliveries, and a little selling, and then I don't know what I'm doing now. Oh, cool! What? Yeah, we all know what you're doing now. <laughs> you're going talking to the bigwigs. Um, so you started on Main Street, which was a big hub back then. But now, as the city developed, you moved out to Gold Star Boulevard in that area. You're on Glenny Street, which is right off of there, right? We actually went from Main Street before the city started developing. To be perfectly honest with you, and before mm-hmm. the big Renaissance and all this other. I used a big word there, renaissance. We use it all the time. I don't even know how to spell that word. I was always taught, if you don't know how to spell something, don't say it. <laughs> we'll look it up later. But the old Jillian's, if you remember that on Grove Street, was our next store. What's there now? Uh, Wachusett Liquors and oh, O'Reilly's okay. Auto Parts is there. Oh, so not a big move nope. for the third uh, location. No, nope. the third location's now uh, right on uh, Glenny Street, which is mm-hmm. Gold Star Boulevard, if mm-hmm. you will. Where Davida is, Sharfman's, uh, we're right behind them. So we've been there since 87, 88, mm-hmm. and uh, so far so good. And we keep expanding the inside of the store mm-hmm. uh, and a lot of those things that we do on the outside. Perfect. So we'll get to the inside of, in a, of the store in a second, but there are a few major categories of work in the region um, that you do from here in Worcester all the way down to Florida. Can you tell me those categories and sort of how they operate with what's going on in Worcester and what's going on across the region? For sure, you? sure. Well, we started out, everyone knows us as a retail store, mm-hmm. and that's how we've been doing it since the 20s or 30s on, on up now to and the... And we should say Percy's is an appliance and a TV store. Right. And... Percy's is an appliance electronics store. Okay. And um, we sell any appliance that you need, washer, dryer, refrigerator, ranges, stoves, um, refrigerators, uh, dishwashers, mm-hmm. cooktops, wall ovens, anything you find in your kitchen or in your laundry room. Oh, nice. Uh, that's us. No small appliances. We don't do the small appliances, but mostly the big appliances. Okay. So we do a lot of retail and we do some wholesale and we do online mm-hmm. and we do a lot of builder business and we do a lot of contractor business. And um, and now we're doing a big outlet business. Mm. So we've... We, went from just retail to we had to expand we had to open up our horizons if you will and and there's so much diversity in Worcester and in Massachusetts and we've gone from Massachusetts to other states with our contractor and builder division Mm -hmm. once you kind of get in a little bit um, in the Boston area or uh, you, you tend to be able to go to other states if you want to do that. So um, we, we've been very fortunate. We have a terrific team that allows me to do that. So about when did you feel like you had to you know, broaden those horizons at Percy's? As soon as a lot of the competi- bigger big box competition came in, when the best buys of the world came in, mm-hmm. uh, although they've left, right? They left Worcester. Uh, some of the other um, 
big box, uh, the guys that wear the orange aprons at, at some of those stores and the blue aprons mm-hmm. at the other big box store. And then a lot of the wholesale clubs came in. Uh, we realized that we just couldn't be retail. We had to really expand. And we got into a lot of builders. So we do a lot of package deals okay. and pack, package businesses. And then we realized we can get into the contractor business. Now, the contractor business has been terrific for the last 10, 15 years for us, mostly in the Boston market, to be honest with you. And that's when there's three, 400 units, mm, okay. um, maybe like a, a residence inn. Mm-hmm. Something like that would be a big job where maybe three or four appliances per, per room would exactly. go in there. Over 55s, uh, yep. developments happened, apartments, condo complex Anything, if you go up and down Boston on 93, 95, Revere, and you see these big, uh, almost like you're doing here on Front Street, mm-hmm. that would be a really good example. Oh, sure. So we got into that very heavily, and right now we're, we're very heavy into it, into the Boston market. So what's the difference between contractors and uh, development in terms of how you service those two areas? Uh, well, we try to make it as seamless as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, we call, I would say builder would be local stuff. Sure. So if you or I uh, were building a new house and it was just one house, oh, like we consider that we would consider that more of our builder division. Mm-hmm. Our contractor would, division would be anything 10, 20, 30, 100, 500 units at a oh, whack. Okay. Mm-hmm. That would be more of our contract. We have a whole department for that. Nice. So we do a lot of big apartment complexes and we do condo projects, like I said. Mm-hmm. Um, but those are, again, those are big, big projects. But for builders, we have tons of builders that we've been doing business with that do one, two, three, four, five, six houses a year. Mm-hmm. Maybe some do a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So that would be our builder division. But we try to make it as seamless, possible, as, seamless as possible. We offer delivery... We offer delivery to everybody. We offer installation to everybody. We offer, hopefully, the terrific customer service to everybody. <laughs> um, so we offer low pricing to everybody. We make it as competitive as possible. And we just try to give you the local fl- the local flair and the local flavor. Perfect. All right. Hold that thought, Alan. We're going to be yeah. back in just a couple minutes uh, after this break. Subscribe to Telegram.com to stay up to date on your business news from in and around central Massachusetts and have that news delivered to your inbox every day by subscribing to our Business at Noon newsletter. Worcester is growing, and so is Telegram.com. All right, we're back at the Voice of Business with Alan Levine, the owner and vice president of Percy's over on Glenny Street in the Gold Star Boulevard region of Worcester. Thanks for being on the show, Alan. It's my honor, my friend. (laughs) Wonderful. Okay, let's talk try before you buy. If you've ever been to Percy's, you know that it's a large open space with a bunch of different toys that you can play with. I mean, um, carefully play with. (laughs) Because you're growing into the sort of try before you buy, come and witness how these new technologies for the kitchen, for the laundry room work. And um, how is that bringing people in? We've been very lucky. Uh, We didn't do this for the longest time. And Mm -hmm. actually, we listen to our customers and we interrogate all our customers, say, what do you like? What do you don't like? You know, what can we improve on? The first thing they all said is if I'm going to buy a kitchen of appliances, I'd like to at least see them in action before I buy them. Mm-hmm. So that's really how we started. So we at our store, we have TVs and electronics, as we were talking about. So we have Sonos hooked up. Mm-hmm. We have the TVs hooked up to the Sonos. We have the TVs hooked up to the Netflix. People always say how to use the remotes. We show people how to use the remotes. <laughs> so that's on that side of the store. On the other side of the store... Hot things, cooktops, wall ovens, refrigeration, wine coolers, anything like that, all hooked up, all live. You can see the 
the lighting in it. You can see the coloring in it. You can see how cold they get. And then we do a lot of cooking demonstrations on the weekends. So Fridays and Saturdays, we have a chef that comes in and they show you the difference between induction and electric, electric and gas, gas and induction. And yeah, I wanted to make sure you brought that up because to have a chef in the outlet store or the part of your store where you're showing kitchen appliances, that's not common. You don't get to see things working and eat something that comes off the stove that you want to buy. It's all about being different. It's all about giving the customer an experience that they can't get anywhere else. You know, we, we, we think we have, in fact, we, we hope we have the best delivery service and the best delivery teams. We hope we have the best customer service teams. We hope we have the best installation teams. But everyone else can say we have that too. Mm-hmm. What else do we have? We have people that you can literally bring in your pots, pans, and whatever else you like, bring them in. We can show you if they're going to fit in the stove. I was going to say, so I can make sure that my my dishes fit in the dishwasher. We have that all the time. <laughs> we do that on a constant basis. We encourage people to bring that in. Because you don't want to get at home and find out that your big pot doesn't fit, uh, right? Right. So that's the so again, it's just try before you buy it. It's worked out very well. See how things cook. See the flames on the gas burners. See if it's any different between the induction. We do a lot of stuff on Instagram and Facebook, and all those other things, just showing the differences. So you're hitting up the, the millennials and the younger buying generation with the social media, but you're also making it an experience, which. Is not something I remember applying. No, shopping. you gotta have, you gotta make it fun, right? Right, uh, make it fun, make it interesting. I want the male and the female person that comes in mm-hmm. to enjoy themselves. It used to be the guy would come in, he'd go sit in the TV section. We'd put on a game, and and his <laughs> wife would just you know look at whatever she wanted, and he'd nod his head. But now I have more men cooking. You know, which is great. And they bring in their own pots. There's stainless steel pots, there metal pots, there pots and pans. We got tons of stuff on a daily basis coming in, (laughs) but it's fun. And um, so, again, you can try it before you buy it. We have everything from value to luxury. We have price points for everybody. We have it for the low hundreds and the low thousands to the multi tens of thousands and, and even higher. So we have a little bit of everything. Sounds good. And you must be quite um, intrigued by how the technology that you're selling is changing. I mean, you go from like two-door fridges to last time I was in, you showed me a five-door fridge that a mom was interested in because her kids have some food allergies. And so each section was going to be a different member of family. We sell so many of those four and five-door refrigerators now because people have peanut allergies or gluten allergies or wheat allergies. And we have a lot of parents that come in and they separate each door on the refrigerator is for each child or kid or even adult <laughs> yeah, or even adult for that matter. And um, it, it's worked out very well. So we, we try to show as many different things. The other thing too is that everything's, uh, you can use your, uh, your iPhone and you can turn stuff on from your car and, you know, from your house. You don't even have to be there to turn things on anymore. So everything's Wi-Fi capable and uh, it's, it's worked out well. Wonderful. Well, um, with what's going on in Worcester, how how do you see Percy's growing when it hits in seven years 100? We have a little bit of everything for everyone. We hope mm-hmm. we've been growing our outlet section, which we were talking about, which we were talking about earlier. Our outlet sections filled with closeouts, last ones, those slightly scratched and ding stuff. Right mm-hmm. for if the only thing difference between that and some of the stuff I have on the main showroom is a box. 
Same warranty, same services, same everything, and you can save a ton of money. But there's a lot of stuff going up in Worcester that we want to be involved with, mm-hmm. right? So we have everything from the outlet to the uh, entry level to the luxury level. And there's a lot of stuff going on in Worcester from the uh, market rate mm-hmm. to the luxury rate. So mm-hmm. we want to be involved in that. We want to make sure that we're ready for it, and we want to make sure that the experience that the customer comes in, no matter what you're looking for, mm-hmm. no matter what size house, one size kitchen, apartment, condo, house, mansion, whatever you have, we want to be ready for it. So and that's Monday. what we're, try- and that's what we're some- trying to do. If somebody wants to upgrade their TV before the Super Bowl, they can do it. They can come down. To Absolutely. Thursdays. We're always ready. All right. And we're- if you're going through um, dry January and you want that to end sooner, they can hook you up with a wine cooler. If you want um, you know, to go on a diet and get some better food storage, they've got that. Everything's down at Percy's. I appreciate it greatly. I'd never heard of dry January, though. Oh, yeah. Alcohol-free January. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Nope. Right? But then February comes, and I'm then, sure then, people have fun. Yeah, then March was St. Patrick's Day. we gotta, uh, we got to yeah. kick it back up a notch. Exactly. Especially Very nice. here in Worcester. Alan, thank you so much for joining us on The Voice of Business. It's been my honor, and I appreciate everything that the Chamber does. As the voice of local business, the Worcester Regional Chamber of Commerce works hard to foster a dynamic environment of entrepreneurship and economic success. Our members benefit from a broad portfolio of services, including advocacy, economic development activity, and programming efforts. Is your business a member? Check out more at WorcesterChamber.org or on social media at Worcester Chamber. Welcome back to The Voice of Business. This is Emily Gowdy-Bacchus. I'm the Director of Communications over at the Worcester Regional Chamber of Commerce. And I'm here today with Saeed Eastman, the CEO and General Manager of Jobs in MA. Welcome back to the show, Saeed. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. It's great to be here again. Thank you so much for joining us again. Yeah, it's wonderful always to hear about what's going on in the world of job recruitment. So can you catch us up on what's happened between when we talked last and uh, today? Yeah, I think the last time I was here, we were touting uh, our career fair, which was happening at the historic. Union train station and uh, it was a great success and uh, we're due to try to come back again in 2020 for another event I think probably at the same station oh perfect Uh, but in the meantime we're trying to spread our wings we're so jobs in MA is uh, co-hosting job fairs in Mm -hmm. areas such as Lowell Stoughton Revere Framingham Lynn and like I said back in Worcester Mm -hmm. uh, we have managed to partner with a print and online media company Uh, so we'll be working with the Boston Herald the Lowell Sun and the Sentinel and Enterprise uh, of Fitchburg Mm -hmm. as our media partners sounds great so for so for that for the you know for our sake it's really about uh, kind of getting in front of the people and also getting the employers an opportunity to get in front of the job seekers as well. Sounds good. And while those are in the future a little bit, if you're a member out there listening and you'd like to get in touch with Saeed, we can definitely help you reach out to him if you've got a vacancy you need to fill or you know just someone who also is in the world of recruiting and has something, some advice, some expertise to share, we'd be happy to help. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I think the nice part about being a local business is if anybody's interested in uh, having me come and talk to their recruitment team, or if anybody has an absolute need for people uh, within Massachusetts or within the surrounding areas of New England, I'm happy to try to connect them. We have a network of 50 state sites, plus Washington, Mm D.C., plus we have an affiliate network that expands to uh, over a hundred around the country. Wow! Um, so we can definitely help in sourcing great talent. Uh, I know that labor is extremely tight, no matter what state we're in these days. So mm-hmm. now, 
One of the things when labor comes up today is talking about unemployment. And it's at a record low, which is wonderful. That's what everybody wants to hear when they turn the radio on or, you know, whatever type of news you listen to is that unemployment's low. People are, you know, in, in jobs and then they're spending and the economy is, you know, robust or at least, um, you know, breaking even. How... How does that impact your work in terms of connecting people with openings and making sure those openings stay full? Yeah. So it's interesting. I mean, I get that question often in this in this format, which mm-hmm. is, what is the sweet spot for where you think your business is at nirvana? Mm-hmm. And um, the fact of the matter is this, is when it's too tight like it is right now from mm-hmm. a labor market perspective, uh, employers have a, a strong demand for job seekers, yet this is a job seekers market. Okay. Uh, and so we don't have enough job seekers out there. So if you go back to 2008, when the economy was struggling, mm-hmm. unemployment was high mm-hmm. and the demand by employers was low. So there were an awful lot of job seekers. Sure. But okay. there really is a fine, there's a really a fine balance between the two. So ideally you want, you know, and I think for a good functioning um, uh, job market, where it's, businesses are growing, mm-hmm. job seekers are moving around, which also helps with uh, pay increases, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably a, a point, a point and a half difference between uh, an absolute employment level. Because right now, if we look at unemployment and wherever we go, everybody would con- that wants a job has a job. Mm-hmm. And those who, those, those who don't uh, are the ones that we're seeing in the reports. Okay. Um, you know, sadly, um, this tight labor market has really not reached the job seekers in a positive way in the sense that they're not seeing the pay increases that um, that they should be regardless of how tight the labor market sure. is. Okay. But but yeah, so so there's a fi- there's that fine balance, and that balance is some. I think from my perspective, I think it's about a point and a half, maybe a point. You want to have enough job seekers looking for work, no matter no matter what business, what industry you're you're in. Uh, at the same time, I think it's really important for employers to always be looking and advertising for a, a new da- a new labor labor pool. Sorry, okay. no matter where, no no matter the state of the economy, you should always be. Uh, advertising to create a pipeline for your business. Even if even if it's tight right now, there are people who are passively looking. And oper- in other words, if an opportunity comes up, they'd be interested. Okay. So can we break this down into a, a bite by bite economics lesson? You're an employed person, and not you specifically. I'm saying um, no. a company. Yes, a general yep. company. So they should be always looking for. Employees, let's say, what what if they're full up? Should they still be looking for a new talent to bring in to shake things up, um, just in case someone retires or someone leaves? They should have yeah. resumes in their back pocket. Yeah, I mean, so uh, the, the way the way I look at recruiting is this: is um, historically people are very reactionary. Mm-hmm. Oh my lord, I just lost the sales rep. I need to fill that position up really quickly because, like, if without the sales rep, without that sales rep in their seat. We're not going to be able to put product up the door. Mm-hmm. Or we just got a new contract and uh, the assembly person just retired. One of the persons in the manufacturing place is retiring or resigned or quit, whatever the situation may be. We just need to fill it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm a firm believer in this idea that uh, recruitment is a long-term process and not a reactionary and short-term process. Mm-hmm. So, 
yes, they should be advertising all year long. And it helps in a couple ways. One is it keeps your brand out in the market. So that oh, means sure. employ, biz, job seekers looking for jobs uh, or friends, friends talking to other friends might see an ad of your organization looking. Mm-hmm. In that case, they will refer people your way. Mm-hmm. And what you want to do is build a pipeline of all the different roles that you have in your organization. And then you also should be reaching out to that pipeline on a regular basis saying, you know, Example: You might send uh, uh, you know a quarterly email to all the job, all the people in your in your candidate pool, saying, "Hey, we know you applied for a job at our organization. Uh, here's the latest on what's going on. Here's the latest news. Here's our growth. Here's uh, you know the, the the kind of the direction of our business. If you're still looking, make sure you send us your updated resume. If an opportunity comes up, mm-hmm. we would like to include you know we'd like to include you in that in that cohort for new hires. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's something that should be consistent and, and ongoing. Okay. Um, a lot of times, people look at it from a perspective, from that perspective, and think of uh, the think of it as um, as too as, from a budgetary perspective, it's too much. Mm-hmm. But the reality of it is, if you look at jobs in MA and jobs in the US and our network of sites, we have this thing called the job slot, uh, which is another. It's instead of a duration based ad mm-hmm. like thirty days or uh, twenty days or whatever or or sixty, it is it is it's a it's a rental of a space. Okay. And then whatever you put in that space mm-hmm. uh, is, ext- is, uh, is up to you. So an example, you would get a single job slot for a whole year, mm-hmm. right? You could switch a job out of that job slot every month. Oh, I see. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. So think of it as a parking spot. You buy a parking spot for the year. What you drive to work that day doesn't matter, right? <laughs> sure. If you ride a bike, it's fine, right? Mm-hmm. And the idea here is this, is you advertise positions that turn over high more frequently. You advertise positions that don't turn over high less frequently, but you keep a, ro- a revolving pipeline and a growing pipeline of your candidates. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I think is really important. And you can do it, you know, you can do it for, you know, under $2,000 for a whole year mm-hmm. uh, of marketing. And you can reach a lot of people that way and also keep your brand out there. And the longer your brand is out in the the, ecos- the digital ecosystem, right. the more likely people are to find you and find your actual website. So when they go to look for your website, they'll find it. Especially when it's tied to a site that's focused on recruitment and jobs. Correct. Correct. On the flip side, you're saying that rather than just when people, employees, look to make a hierarchy jump or a uh, pay jump for moving, they should always just be open to the idea of a better opportunity? Well, I mean, I think historically in the HR space, most people make more money when they switch jobs. And that's the fact of the matter. I mean, there's nothing, I mean, if you stay within your organization, you're going to get that, you know, uh, annual uh, increase for cost of living increase. But if you're, if you have, if you have desirable skills, or if you have experience in industry, that's, that's valuable, Mm -hmm. um, that makes you a hot commodity in whatever industry you're playing in. Mm -hmm. So switching jobs sometimes is a way for you, for people to really maximize their earning potential. Um, You know, it used to be that if you switch jobs, you know, frequently it was a negative thing. In some cases, you know, if you switch jobs on the right cycle, meaning it's not nine months, it's not 12 months, it's not a, you know, eight month cycle, you switch every few years. Uh, and you're show, demonstrating some some degree of growth. Right. You're demonstrating that you're one a desirable commodity in the market space, and uh, historically that's helped that's helped job seekers. Okay, now let's take it back a second. When you are you know moving from job to job, there is a process, 
And that process is evolving as AI, artificial intelligence, becomes more and more um, relied upon in this industry. You had mentioned to me that the interview process is being taken over by AI, and I'm going to use the word robots. Yep, yep absolutely. So, oh, no. you know, so it's it's fun. it's kind of amusing, and uh, you know, I've done uh, I've done uh, you know other podcasts and radio shows in the past mm-hmm. where we've talked about the robots are coming. Oh. Um, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of conversations around robots and, and artificial intelligence in the workspace, right? So you look at you look at the automation, the automobile industry, with you know trucking being uh, driverless and mm-hmm. uh, you know cars being driverless. So that's one thing. But on the recruiting side, uh, there's there's all these tools that are being brought in with the premise of helping the recruiter be more efficient mm-hmm. in dealing with the influx of job seekers that they're they're receiving. Okay. The problem the problem is if you have a robot interview you and you also have systems in the process in the apply process that select you in and select you out. Mm-hmm. Where is the human factor associated with it? Right. And I think that's the problem with the recruitment space in general is, mm-hmm. yes, we're, there's an awful lot of investment in technology to support employer to support employers who really pay, right? right. Um, but at the same time, in doing so, it's, inter- it's creating an intermediary layer for job seekers and employers. So there's not a, connect- a direct connection. Oh. And so, yeah, so robots robots are being talked about as a way for people to conduct interviews. Mm-hmm. Um, they're also, um, you know, uh, chatbots that will help you, that will text you and carry a complete text conversation with you as if, you know, you are talking to a recruiter about your interest in a job. So given that everybody's on mobile, you know, text apply and text uh, uh, and text recruit are very mm-hmm. uh, just common, you know, common uh, uh, things at this point. And they're getting more and more so. Okay. That's, um, that's, I don't want to sweat out my interview in front of a robot or in front of a screen where I can't have, you know, a face-to-face conversation with someone. That's yeah, very so disturbing. It is. So from my perspective, as, a, as both a, a person who does hiring and somebody that's also in this business, you know, I think we have to give some credence back to something that I think is extremely valuable, which mm-hmm. is, you know, having a conversation with an individual Gets you, gets you to know who they are as people. Mm-hmm. And there's an awful lot of times when you look at a resume and then you look at the person and you realize the person is so much better than the resume is. Right. And that's, what I, that's where I think a lot of things are lost. You have great people sometimes that go into a circular file mm-hmm. uh, or maybe not even that. They just go into the black, the black hole of somebody's inbox or somebody's applicant tracking system. Mm-hmm. The reality of it is if you get to talk to people, um, at a one-on-one level, which is something we're promoting with our career fairs, and we're also, and I'm also doing these, talking to businesses and encouraging them to not, to not dismiss the idea of dedicating some time on a mm-hmm. weekly basis to interviewing potential candidates. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, you know what? Maybe you don't look at all hundred, but I think at a minimum you should communicate. Let's say you have a hundred applicants, you should communicate to ninety that they're that you're not interested, and give them a, a common courtesy of a nice response. Mm-hmm. You should look at the ten that you're talking to, and you know give them a resp- give them the time necessary for you to give them a proper assessment. But yeah, mm-hmm. you're right. I mean, I I think it's. I personally would not want to be interviewed by a robot, right. but maybe I'm just that's just a gray hair in my head that's speaking. <laughs> no, no, I think that's a, a, a shared opinion throughout the majority. Um, and also at the chamber, we've stressed before. I mean, a lot of our members are always looking for new talent, whether or not it's to fill new roles, uh, turnover, what have you. Also, 
your employees are your biggest assets. And do you really want to let that decision happen, um, you know, without your input? So you could be losing out on someone who's just not shining through on black and white paper. Absolutely. And, you know, it's interesting because um, back in 2008, um, I spoke at uh, a small business summit, U.S. Chamber of Commerce in Washington, D.C. And at that time, you know, people were asking me what, you know, what, what should you do given the fact that the economy is the turn, having the turn it was doing and also the labor pool was really large. And I said at that time, you know, I said first and foremost, I said don't make it, a, don't make it seem like, okay, you know what, there's tons of job seekers out in the market so you have the upper hand. This is a time for you to evaluate the skill sets that you have within your organization mm-hmm. and also see what you can do to upskill your current pool by finding great people that, are my, that have been let go. Because when, when there's a reduction in force, we always think that they're the cat the people cast out mm-hmm. I can tell you I know a lot of companies who've cast out people as a result of reductions in forces at various companies and then they get rehired back at a higher salary because they realize that that knowledge went out the door and they need right. to get it back mm-hmm. right so and the, so from my perspective one of the things I've been trying to tout as well is this is in this market where the economy is really tight and it is a job seekers market uh, and I mean economy, the, the labor market's so tight. It is a job seeker market. So at this point, if somebody gets approached with a 10 or 15% increase in their pay, mm-hmm. the likelihood of them wanting to jump is pretty high. Mm-hmm. How you treat them is extremely important. So at this point, treating your employees well, giving them the flexibility that they need so that they have proper work-life balance. But at the same time, I think it's extremely important to invest in those employees. Mm -hmm. And so I talk about this idea of there's one way to keep your turnover low. That is to keep, and that is to, uh, you know, in other words, retain and engage your workforce. And that is to train and develop them. Mm -hmm. In other words, a, 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 job seeker or an individual or a candidate or an employee at your organization that feels uh, uh, recognized, rewarded, um, admired for the work that they're doing. It's a po- Who doesn't like to be re- recognized for what they're doing? So the, the bottom line is this, is we want job seekers, we want the, sorry, we want the, the employees to be uh, in a way invested in. And I sure. think it's something that we're, that's one way to currently retain the people that you have and also to keep your the people you have engaged with you as an organization. Mm-hmm. Now, you mentioned upskill, and after this commercial break, I'm going to talk with you a little bit more about some ways that employers can invest in their workers. So stick around. We'll be right back. Sounds great. Thank you. Subscribe to Telegram.com to stay up to date on your business news from in and around central Massachusetts and have that news delivered to your inbox every day by subscribing to our Business at Noon newsletter. Worcester is growing, and so is Telegram.com. Welcome back to The Voice of Business. I'm Emily Gowdy-Bacchus with the Worcester Regional Chamber of Commerce, and I'm here uh, closing out our show today with Saeed Eastman, CEO and General Manager of Jobs in MA. Welcome back, Saeed. Thank you very much. Good to be back again. Wonderful. So we uh, took the break and we were talking about investing in employees. And I feel like one of the skills people are starting to lose and it's starting to fatigue, especially in the workplace, is communications and dialogue. So how are you seeing that become a skill in which employers are investing? Well, <clears throat> so it's interesting. When we think about productivity, we think, oh, you know what? Um, email is such a great tool. Slack is such a great tool. All these ways of communicating are great tools. Mm-hmm. And, we, and, you know, most of our days are spent uh, dealing with 
emails. Mm-hmm. So I think on average, and I, I think it was the Pew uh, Research Center that said that we were spending between 3.1 and 3.6 hours a day on you know, dealing with emails. Oh, and now that's so sad. It, it is really sad. And the sad part is this, is you're most likely getting emails from the people on the cube on the other side of the wall. It's right? so true, yes. And, right? And so, so there's that part of it. And then the other is, uh, a lot of times you are CC'd on email because somebody feels that there's a need, that you have a need to know, mm-hmm. and then the person, then everybody replies all to all of those emails, and because you're CC'd and somehow or another there's a need to know, you feel compelled to open them up. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then the other is the emails are coming at all hours of the night, so. So I'm actually a firm believer in this idea. Look, I want you to CC me when I think it's extremely important that I know, Mm -hmm. or you because I don't want I don't want to be surprised by something. Right. Right. Um, I also think it's extremely important to communicate to a person with that with that dialogue. So Mm -hmm. it's like writing a card. You're writing a thank you card. You're not sending. It's not a smoke signal to everybody to know. It's a (laughs) not a bullhorn, right? Oh man, thank you cards. Right. So so you know you're sending an email to an individual. I think it should be a communication. Communication to that person as mm-hmm. opposed to something that's been strung out to everybody else. Um, I'm glad you brought up reply all too, because I feel like that's the 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 precipice in the workplace. Do you hit reply all? Do you not? I take more care in hitting reply all than I do with a number of other projects. And it's just it's that um, if someone's on a reply all message and they don't want to be, it's yeah. it's a week's worth of you know. I mean, to be honest, if I was trying to do, if I was trying to figure out what to do right now, and I just had, you know, thought, okay, maybe I could do something like uh, something that'd be kind of fun, mm-hmm. but also help productivity. Uh, just general email etiquette education, bringing in, um, uh, I don't know what's, uh, who's the, there was a person who used to do etiquette training. Oh, Emily Post. Uh, yeah, Emily Post. So bring in the Emily Post of modern day email that would give everybody kind of like, hey, mm-hmm. this is how you do email and do it right and mm-hmm. make it effective. And now you're three and a half hours of email dedication is down to an hour and a half, you can conduct the other time managing your business, right. mm-hmm. doing the job that you were supposed to do as opposed to, uh, you know, checking your inbox every mm-hmm. second. Right. Um, but I also think that, you know, as part of investing in individuals that work for your organization, I think it's extremely important to look at both high-end level training, mm-hmm. in some cases certifications that are local universities. I mean, we're blessed in Massachusetts to have a huge network of small and large uh, colleges and universities, right? Nine right here uh, in Worcester. Exactly. And then the other part is this is, I think it's extremely important to even look at the massive online uh, uh, courses, you know, like the MOOCs. So like, you know, whether it's edX or others or Coursera, and look at what exactly uh, you can offer your employees. Sometimes an investment of $100 goes a long way in getting somebody a course, whether it's Excel or Microsoft or Microsoft Word or something, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and, th- and those are just simple, those are simple trainings. But at the same time, you know, putting it's, Putting somebody on track for a certification, whether it's a project management certification or data analytics certification, and also leveraging the network of schools that we have here, that's also an important thing. Seeing what courses and what school, what you know, what packages of solutions do they have that can be leveraged by small business, mm-hmm. by the small business as well as the larger, larger employers in the state. That's a vote of confidence in your employee too. And what person doesn't want to come into work and say, you know what, my employer is just above and beyond grateful for what I'm doing, so much so that they want me to learn a new skill because they know I'm going to excel. Right. And, not, and then the other thing is this is 
when you invest like that in people, as I said to you before, you retain them, you mm-hmm. keep them engaged, and then you find this pattern of them bringing in great talent pool to you because mm-hmm. they become your ambassadors mm-hmm. of your brand. And then the next thing you start to see is you're promoting from within. Mm-hmm. In other words, you need a new, you know, a senior manager, a regional manager, a manager of sales, a manager of marketing, whatever that role is, you have a pool to rely on. And that that's something from within. That's the Holy grail. It's, it is, it's a one, it's a wonderful thing. And I always tell people that uh, when I talk about advertising and job ads, I go, listen, a job ad is not a description. A job ad is an advertisement that's intended to sell you as an employer, sell your brand as an employer mm-hmm. to a job seeker. And by the way, ads that don't have any any substance don't sell. Right. And so what's your story? Like what keeps you coming to your job that you want to advertise for people to come. Mm -hmm. And in some cases, you find stories. There are stories all over the Internet about people's longevity at organizations. Mm -hmm. My favorite is the young lady who started Honeywell at 18 years old and retired at the age of 68 uh, being on the job. Mm-hmm. She started in high school working at working at Honeywell, basically distributing uh, research papers to scientists that worked for Honeywell. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they saw how bright she was and they this, the company invested in her, sent her to in a, sent her to a, a certificate program, then they sent her to a two-year program, and then they sent her to a four-year. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. eventually, like, next thing you know, 60 years has gone by and this person could not think of a world that would, did not include Honeywell for her. Mm-hmm. And that's something that you want. Everybody should aspire. Yes, when I'm not saying that every small business uh, can, you know, can do this. But at the same time, I believe that um, you know, there is still some degree of loyalty amongst job seekers yes. and their employers if those employers are treating them well. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, as long as last time I last time I looked at this, you know, everybody's an employee at will and it's an at will both ways. It's an at will for an employer to keep you and vice versa, right, you know. Exactly. So and in the day and age as you described where emails are coming in at all hours, I feel like relationships at the office are also getting stronger. You could be very good friends with um, managers as well as the other employees. And to give that two weeks notice is often a hard conversation. It is. And that's when you don't want to reply all because somebody inevitably <laughs> somebody inevitably replies all with a with a snarky comment about why are you leaving us and leaving us behind or something right. like that if the situation is bad. And, you know, somehow or another it always turns. I've I've seen some terrible reply all stories, but... Uh, That's for another podcast. Yes, exactly. That'll be our humor issue. <laughs> right. Okay, if you are someone, though, who is looking for a new job or just always open to a new opportunity, hang on one second. We're going to talk about some upcoming uh, job fairs in the great state of Massachusetts. As the voice of local business, the Worcester Regional Chamber of Commerce works hard to foster a dynamic environment of entrepreneurship and economic success. Our members benefit from a broad portfolio of services, including advocacy, economic development activity, and programming efforts. Is your business a member? Check out more at WorcesterChamber.org or on social media at Worcester Chamber. We're back from a quick break with Saeed Eastman, and we're going to talk about some local job fairs coming up in Massachusetts. So I know you had one at Union Station in 2020, which you said was quite a success, and we'd be happy to have you back in uh, this year. 
But where else are you looking in Massachusetts? So we're currently uh, doing a job fair at Spring Hill Suites at the <laughs> Spring Hill Suites by Marriott in Peabody on February twentieth. Uh, it's from three to six p.m., which is the time where we we have set up for job seekers to interact with employers. Mm-hmm. It's at the end of the day because it's easier for people to ask for a little, you know, for a couple hours off as opposed to you know show you know taking for a whole day or exactly. half a day. Yeah. Um, there's a B two B networking session for all businesses that nice. participate with the idea that they can kind of share ideas between them oh, yeah. and, and what they can do. Uh, we are currently uh, uh, we're. Just signed the dates for Stoughton. We're working on Lowell. Uh, we're working on uh, Revere, uh, Lynn, Framingham, mm-hmm. and we're trying to uh, decide on Worcester. Uh, we think about we think Union Station would be another great venue. Mm-hmm. Uh, parking is a little bit uh, difficult, even though with the garage, because people you know need to navigate that process. Sure. But we need to try to figure out what else to do in Worcester that would work. Okay. We might work with a camp, you know, college campus. Something yeah, let's of the put sort. our brains together and figure that'd something be out. great. Perfect. Now that's a lot of cities across this part of Massachusetts. Well, Did what went into the choosing of them? Well, we're trying. So our primary focus is around small to medium businesses. Mm -hmm. So if you notice that none of the cities that we're going to uh, are what I would call uh, Boston or Tier 1. So Mm -hmm. most of the cities we focus to are considered – for, you know, outside of the metropolitan area. So Boston, Metro Boston uh, is everybody's fighting for business in those markets. Yes. And for us, we feel that uh, that leaves Framingham, that leaves Worcester neglected, that leaves Lowell and other and other surrounding communities where people don't want to drive into the city. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, you know, I do a long commute and I tell you, if you know, um, people say to me, how do I do it? And I say, well, drive. Try to drive 35 miles in morning traffic going to Boston. That's a two-hour commute. Uh, and it's not very productive when you're, you know, you're white knuckles the entire way. So, <laughs> oh, I, j- I love what's coming out of your mouth right now because I feel like, yes, there's a lot of attention on Boston. There's a lot of attention on Metro West. And there are wonderful communities that are saying, look at us, look at us. And Worcester is among them. Yeah, I think Worc- I personally think Worcester is a great city. It's got a great restaurant network. It's got some great educational institutions, medical institutions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, space is there's plenty of space available for companies. Mm-hmm. There's these beautiful old mills that are being converted. There's more than 60 parks. Yeah, mills yeah. converted into residential, yeah. into loft space for offices, pretty much anything you could ask yeah. for. Yeah, so, so for us, you know, picking areas is really about where – you know where our customers are, and we think our customers are in these mar- in these in these communities, like you know, like I said, like Worcester. And we we love. I mean, I love being here. I mean, this is close to home for me, so you know, this is great. And um, and if anybody wants to see mm-hmm. uh, our, our network of sites or uh, see what other opportunities we have for careers for career fairs, whether it's in Massachusetts or New Hampshire or Vermont or sure. or Maine, uh, they can go onto our site jobsintheus.com. That is jobsintheus.com. Our state-specific site for Massachusetts is jobsinma.com. And if you don't want to use the internet <laughs> and you don't want to get on anybody's website, you can also call our office and call one eight seven seven. 
and we have a great customer service team, a great sales force that's available anytime to answer answer questions regarding uh, locations, regarding uh, anything we talked about today. Mm-hmm. Also, if somebody's interested in some of the co- the topics we've had, we've done some publications on uh, or some articles on these issues, mm-hmm. whether it's communicating and dialoguing in the workforce and how to do it effectively, or whether it's you know training and development. We have content that we can send along uh, to to people who are, who are interested. Perfect. So yeah, if you're interested in getting to one of those physical events and being face-to-face with a recruiter, uh, you can learn more at jobsinma.com. You've got a full lineup coming up in 2020, Saeed. Sounds good. This is great. Thank you so much for having me. And, uh, you know, let's uh, let's see if we can make 2020 better than 2019. I'm down for that. Let's do that. Perfect. Wonderful. Thank this you. This has been another episode of The Voice of Business. We'll catch you next week. You've been listening to The Voice of Business, a podcast from the Worcester Regional Chamber of Commerce, sponsored by Worcester Regional Airport, in partnership with The Telegram and Gazette.